0: Everybody, welcome to another episode of the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Dyer. Here we are, week 11, the start of the Ohio High School football playoffs. 54 Greater Cincinnati teams are beginning the road to Canton this Friday night, and uh, we're going to have all the coverage for you, especially on the Friday Night Frenzy. And um, be sure to stay with us through WCPO.com, WCPO9 Sports. have all the bases covered for you but uh make sure you check out a few of the stories i had uh, from this past weekend on wcpo.com and a story about the uh, saggers family Uh, if if you're familiar with uh, high school football officiating john saggers and his son bobby uh, had a unique opportunity at roger bacon during week 10 and then uh, Woods coach chad murphy he led the uh, warriors to a 10-0 record for the first time in program history and uh, he did that on friday night just four days after his father mike Murphy. Uh, passed away, so uh, certainly a story of inspiration there and and how the uh, players and coaches uh, and community there at Wentwoods uh, rallied to support Coach Murphy. Also, our WCPO9 Player of the Week feature is about Williamsburg junior quarterback J.J. Miller, and make sure you uh, check out my story about J.J. and how he has really helped a younger student in the district. Um, something goes beyond football and I think makes everybody proud there, especially with Coach Nick Ayers and uh, everything the Wildcats are doing as they prepare for a, a Division Six first-round game this Friday as well. Our WCPO9 football game of the week is going to take us to Fairfield Alumni Stadium as St. Xavier takes on Fairfield. This is an 8-9 matchup, and certainly we'll have uh, all the bases covered for you. Uh, Before that game, we'll have a a pregame segment on Friday. Uh, Marshall Kramski and I will be out there early for that coverage, the first playoff matchup between those two programs since 2017. But first, one last look back at the regular season finale. It was a memorable one for sure. Out at Madeira High School as a big uh, matchup between two undefeated teams of Wyoming and Madeira. And uh, Wyoming extended its regular season game win streak to 67 games, believe it or not. And uh, the Cowboys defeated Madeira 23 to 7. We had WCP09 photojournalist Philip Lee out there covering the game for us, and he caught up with Wyoming coach Aaron Hancock after the game.
1: I don't think that the outside world realizes how much these kids work and this coaching staff works every single week, and they make it. it you know, they think that it's easy to just kind of continue to, to win each and every week in the regular season for as long as we have. I'm gonna tell you right now, these kids grind it out, and there's been a lot of close games in those game in those in that run, and we're gonna keep it running, man. And the thing about it is, is our kids just just buy into our program. They bind to the philosophy of getting better every single day and uh, you know we grow and grow from it each and every year and a lot of these kids they that you know they're, they're subbing in as juniors and as sophomores and then they get their opportunity they have varsity experience already and we just continue to excel I'm awfully proud of this program awfully proud of this this football team and awfully proud of our coaching staff and the community support that we had today
0: well, I definitely want to mention a side note to that game Um may not be a side note actually it was one of the featured storylines of the game is uh, senior running back C.J. Hester rushed for a school record 351 yards for the Cowboys uh, he also had a touchdown as well but uh, most significantly obviously Wyoming another undefeated season but uh, C.J. Hester a Western Michigan commit joins the OHSA's career rushing yards list he now has 5,986 yards rushing in his outstanding career, and um, the Cowboys getting ready to take on Waverly this Friday night. Uh, this is the 10th consecutive playoff appearance for Wyoming, so certainly um, a number one seed for back-to-back seasons, and the Cowboys are primed for a deep playoff run. But before I go any further with this episode, I want to remind you this High School Insider podcast is presented by our local Chick-fil-A restaurants, where the winning play is always chicken. Start your day tomorrow with a fresh, warm breakfast. I'm going to switch gears here now to division one region four. And one of the better storylines of this postseason is going to be Oak Hills. Uh, the Highlanders are the number 13 seed and play at Springboro on Friday night after going 0 and 11 in 2021. This is the best record for Oak Hills since 2013. Had a chance to catch up with Oak Hills coach, Justin Roden this week, and he gave his honest assessment of the Highlanders this season.
2: Goodness. We uh, were a weekly heart attack. Um, You know, this is the best record for us, obviously, since um, 2013, I believe. Um, You know, program has had three over seasons, I think, in the last five or six years. So I I think if I like anything, uh, I love the fact that they are uh, resilient, uh, scrappy. Um, We don't have a a kid on this team with a, a single, you know, offer as far as, you know, playing at the, the highest level of college football. So um, I don't think our kids uh, care in regard to who they play against. I think they're just, um,
3: they're um, daughter, yeah.
2: excuse me, I think they're just scrappy and resilient and they've been, I think that's the other piece that I want to, you know, mention. Uh, and, a, and a lot of times when you, you a program that's not had success uh, kids kind of, you know, I don't say turn on you, but they, they find excuses. And this is not an excuse making group. This is a, uh, a scrappy group, especially our seniors. Our seniors want to leave here, um, you know, with a legacy that, you know, that they're this group, the group that's turning things around Um, our program this year, our front nine and one, our JV went six and four and varsity was five and five and we had, two great levels at the middle school. So as a total program, uh, I'm proud to say that it's a winning program. Uh, and I think more than anything else, I think those seniors in this team take a great deal of pride in in that piece that, you know, this year is a, a year of, of wins. And around here, uh, when you've had some of the, uh, the poor seasons that we've had, it's, it's nice. It makes, it makes going to school every day. And, um, being around out and about in the community a whole lot easier when people are congratulating you on, on wins and, and making the playoffs. So, uh, long way around it. It's a, it's a, it's a good group. It's a good group of kids.
0: Well, just a bigger picture question for you. You were 0 and 11 last year. What do you attribute the big turnaround to this season?
2: Um, you know, honestly, I think the, the great start, um, for us is really important, but as far as the, uh, the program as a whole getting back to five and five even though we were 0 and 11 last year the, the kids didn't um you didn't have that toxic culture where you felt like that you you couldn't win games we had a lot of games last year where we were in the game we just you know we were short numbers we were constantly fighting either a, a COVID issue or a an injury uh so I think going into the offseason we did a fantastic job it's kind of Broke a broker record, but our, our weight room strength has just been fantastic. Our administration here has been committed to you know finding time for the kids to get in the weight room and making their schedules work for them. Our other sports, you know, Coach Price and uh Greg Lurk, our baseball coach, the, the, we're it's a good group that wants to see the school excel in athletics, so we don't quite have that selfishness. So, getting you know, a a good mutual working relationship with the other sports and guys getting stronger and becoming more athletic um, really for us has been tremendous because we do have, you know, we do have a great deal more depth than we've had in previous years and guys have gotten hurt. Um, You know, we've just, you know, typically fallen off the the face of the earth. But this year we've been kind of, you know, able to plug in a guy to be able to play. And, you know, we're not playing a ton of young kids this year. I think that's the other part of it. Uh, you know, we do have a couple of sophomores and freshmen out there, and the old adage goes: for every freshman or sophomore, that you start to again, that you lose at the varsity level. So, um, you know, we we, we really have a, a great senior class, and I think the uh, the stronger team, the numbers uh, really have have given us the uh, the foundation to to move forward and, and positive. And I really feel good about uh, the future. I mean, if I walked away right now and said, "Hey, here's the keys of the car," whoever or to take this program. There's a, there's a good group of kids coming in. The, the culture's right. The, the stability of anything from equipment to um, the plan um, is good. So things are going in the right direction here at Oak Hills. And um, I, it's not, I if you could say this, but it's exciting to be five and five. I mean, I, for, for our kids going up to play Springboro, who's a uh, an outstanding program, um, the the energy level here is great i mean we're talking about trying to find ways to get our fans up to the game and the excitement of of playing a, a playoff game um that realistically we can be competitive in. i think you know we, we played mark last year at molar and um you know we kind of we snuck in that last spot and uh i'll be mean, honest we always prepare to win but truthfully we we knew going into the the molar game last year with a you know a backup quarterback and having to play a freshman quarterback that we weren't going to win that game, but we wanted to play hard and, and play with, um, allowed to earn respect. And I think that's that's the other piece too. Out of all this, uh, we just want to change the the ideology that you know, Hill's kids are just soft and they're quitters and you know, they're um. No, I don't. I don't want to mention the other school, but they don't. You know, they don't have some of those same intangibles as some of the other West Side schools that are successful. And um, for us, it, it's nothing about anybody else. It's just us trying to uh, earn respect and, and be tougher and improve on that. And the, the Molar game last year, you know, we we weren't great, but I think we earned some respect from um, from the Blue and Gold team and, and Coach Elder, and I think that just kind of segued into a great off season into. You know us being in every game this year. That's the other thing too. I, you know, we we were, we could have lost some of those games that we that we won. You know, we could have won. You know, possibly the the Colerain game if a ball bounces here or this and that. And when you have a team and a program where you don't win, uh, we like to make everything interesting. We 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 can't stand prosperity. Whether we, you know, we we go ahead and go down the field on Friday night in the first series, and you feel really good about our offense, and then we can't. We can't figure out anything after that moment. And you just go, how can how, how can a, a group of kids uh, be so successful and then look like they'd have no idea just a few moments later? And then you realize again that they're kids and this winning thing is not something that, you know, they've done a lot, but the confidence that we can, you know, trust each other and the loyalty to each other that we will find a way. And that's again, that's all attributed to to the offseason and the culture and 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 the coaches and heck, the community itself. So it's it's good.
0: Well, obviously, coach, uh, for a lot of teams, there's a 24 hour rule where you get to celebrate a victory. But uh, tell me about when your team found out that you were in the playoffs and that you were going to play at Springboro this Friday night.
2: I very, was very upfront with our kids going into the, the game in regard to, hey, if you lose this game, you know, there's a, a good probability that you're not going to be in. But if you win, you can be as high. I think the the Harbins had us as high up as nine. So I think we just sold the kids that, you know, you go out here and you have a a great, you know, a great um performance on Friday that you give yourself a, a much more winnable game. I think that was part of it too, to tell our kids, you know, there there are some teams on the top of the Harbins that athletically are superior to us that, you know, would be a uh, we'd have to play a really darn good game to, to win. So I think we went into the game and said, hey, you win this and things happen. You're going to find yourself in a situation where you're going to play somebody that, you know, you can compete against realistically. Um, And then honestly, we gave the kids off Saturday and Sunday. I, I we didn't have them come in. I gave our coaches off Saturday. That has nothing to do with us, you know, not preparing. I think we, um, we absolutely prepare as hard as anybody else. But I will tell you that, in all my years of coaching, um, you need a break. Uh, kids need a break, and the intensity level of the last few weeks in our conference, kids were beat up. Uh, I think the idea today that we'll come in Monday, we will get back to the grind, and we'll watch film. We'll have a great lift here, seventh belt today. Uh, I think that brings back the energy. Uh, you can already feel the kids, you know, kind of talking about, um, you know, our, our opponent a little bit because it is somebody they don't they don't know much about, so they're they're curious like any. Like any young man is on who they're going to play against so as far as the the preparations go it was a week of rest uh for everybody i, I went and i watched my niece run cross country i you know i did some things around the house and you know took a, a two-minute break from football to just you know be husband and dad and i think again that goes back to um the cultural piece and any and any good coach will tell you that's been around for a while you you got to have that healthy balance between football and, and family and faith. And if you football it out, then you take away from the other two. And at the end of the day, that's not what we're, that's not what we're about. So uh, the kids will get their scout report today and we'll, we'll get the juices flowing and we'll get ready for, for Friday night. Well,
0: who's really playing well for you on both sides of the ball right now?
2: Man, our, uh, our defense is a, as a group of just no name kids that have just been, uh, fantastic. Uh, you know we're undersized. I we our our D our DBs are three of the the four DBs are under five foot ten. We nickname them the piranhas, uh, but they are uh, tackling really really well in the back half. Um, Max Rhodes is a true ninth grader. He leads us in tackles. He plays the inside Mike Sam linebacker in our scheme, and he's been outstanding. Cooper Harrison but uh, the other young dumb sophomore, if you want to call it is playing the other linebacker, and Jimmy Breeze. Like, those defensively, it's just – it's a group of kids and Luke Barkley that are uh, – we, we play a very uh, bend-but-don't-break style of defense, and it's assignment-based. When those kids do what they're supposed to do, um, you know, we, we tend we tend to kind of bend a little, and then we find ways to get off the field. So, I give a ton of credit to our defense. And then, lastly, Jackson Shriver, our quarterback. Jackson is um, – uh, goodness gracious, he, he, I'm not going to lie he could make some better decisions, but, man, is he a competitor. He wants the ball in his hand. You know, he was playing some free safety for us, coming up there and knocking the snot out of some kids, and I'm cringing every time he's running up there because he's not in there to tackle anybody. He's in there to knock the ball down or intercept it. So, we, we'll go as far as Jackson takes us offensively and those, those wide receivers, and, uh, you know, hopefully we play a little bit better that side of the ball this week. But I, I'm confident in our kids. Coaching staff, and uh, we'll represent Oak Hills well Friday night, and and we'll play hard for the GMC and take another step forward for this program. Springboro has an outstanding quarterback. They have an outstanding offense. They are uh, really uh, physical. I, I've had a chance to talk to a couple of their coaches, and um, they are. I, I, if I if I have the categories, them am as close to anybody. Mason is a good. Uh, comparison because they're not going to jump off the screen as far as size and things like that. But man, are they really well coached and they're really, really physical. And uh, I have, I have fears about them just knocking us off the ball because of their, uh, their, their strength up front, but they are uh, great on the defensive side of the ball, particularly up front quarterback, they throw it all over the place. So we are uh, nervous <laughs> about how good they are Um, they play in a great conference in the G walk against some great programs like Centerville and uh, and Wayne. So I know well enough that they're definitely battle tested and anytime you can play particularly a great elder team like this year and, and uh, you know, be a player two away from beating elder, then you know that you're playing somebody that's that's outstanding and and well coached. So we have a heck of a challenge. we got a long bus ride. It'll be loud there. And uh, I can't wait. It'll be it'll be great. It'll be a great deal of fun for us, and we'll take some red and black uh, apparel up that way, and we'll scream and cheer, and we'll represent the West Side well.
0: Well, you mentioned the red and black there, Coach. I mean, what was it like going into school today? What was it like around the hallways?
2: Yeah, so it's it's nice um, for our kids. I think more than anything to have them say, "Hey, good job Friday night." Hey, you know, well done. I think they, you know, when again, it goes back. No, you know, not to to, to beat a, a dead horse, but, you know, when people kind of expect you to lose, when you've been part of a losing culture, then you don't get those simple and small little intangible pats on the back and the people telling you how much fun this play was or how much fun that play was. Or uh, I get stopped in the hall from my teacher aides and security and, and secretaries, you know, tell me great game Friday night. And I, I like to smile back and say, hey, I didn't I didn't play. I didn't, I didn't do anything, but um, it's so, it's good. I, I, anyone will tell you that uh, selfishly football is a a pulse for your school. And when your football program does well, uh, the heart and the soul of the, of the school beats a little bit stronger and a little bit louder. And the band, you know, was, was thumping Friday morning. And then, you know, you'll go, I'll go get a sandwich here in a little bit. I'm sure someone at the store will, have a comment or two about, you know, the success of our kids and our school and and that's well earned and well deserved. So the, the pulse here and the energy is good. We have a, a big soccer game tomorrow night for our girls um, as they, they take on St. Ursula. And so there's a lot of good things going on right now. Our cross country team had a, uh, had an outstanding day this Saturday that I got a chance to sneak out and watch. I want to make sure I give props to all our all our athletic programs here in the fall. But um, things are good here on the west side at Oak Hills, and uh, we're excited to, to keep carrying it on.
0: Well, after I recorded this interview with Coach Roden on Monday, I had some sad news to pass along. His mother passed away. Um, uh, earlier this week and we want to send our sincere condolences to Coach Roden and the entire Oak Hills football family uh, for the passing of, of Coach Roden's mother and uh, he's plans to coach on Friday night at Springboro uh, but certainly uh, everybody with a heavy heart there um, as uh, the Highlanders prepare for a playoff game and uh, they were in the playoffs last year as I mentioned but uh, you know to take away a couple of the, the past few seasons uh, this would be uh, one of the playoff uh, journeys that they certainly will remember um, in turning around the program from 0-11 to 5-5 this season. So, uh, again, our thoughts and prayers with everybody at Oak Hills. But speaking of turnarounds, uh, the Western Hills high school football program is in the postseason for the first time since the 2000 season. Uh, the Mustangs were 1-6 in 2021, but uh, I had an opportunity to catch up with West High coach Charles Boyd this week, and he talked about how the Mustangs had a big victory, 32-0 over Aiken in the regular season finale, and how they're embracing this postseason moment.
4: You know, it's always nice to win. Those things are too hard to come combat, not to enjoy every one of them. It's nice to go out on a good note. We hadn't played well in the last few weeks, and that's totally on me. That's my job to get us ready. But, you know, we found a way to get it done that last game. Uh, send the seniors on the right note. And um, try not to talk about the playoffs that much because we have a 24-hour rule. Win or lose, 24-hour rule. And we try to stick to that because I knew we would have some tough times, um, you know, moving ahead. And I wanted to make sure that we could refocus. So we get 24 hours and now we've been talking about like as soon as uh, that game time ended, because kids keep track of when games end. As soon as that time hits, they're in the group chat going for next week. So um, they were pretty excited yesterday about about eight o'clock about, you know, the opportunity being in the playoffs for the first time. And, um, you know, we really didn't speak on it a whole lot other than we get another chance to play. The one thing we talked about, once we knew we had a legit chance of being there was I tried to explain to them no matter how we got in we're in and that I was a part of a western hills program that was always pretty much towards the top and we never made it to the playoffs and you know no matter what the requirements were at that time we didn't meet those requirements and these happen to be the requirements for you guys now and you meet them so let's not get caught up on oh it's 16 teams now versus eight or whatever whatever the requirements were you you met them and you know it, it takes some pride in that because that's something that I never accomplished at West High. so that was the one conversation we had about the playoffs once it was pretty much like we were going to be in there between 10 and 16 we had that one conversation because I knew there would be some chatter about you know how you got there and etc and that's the one conversation we've had up to this point about it.
0: Well, Coach, you being a 1997 Western Hills graduate, what does this mean to you to have a resurgence within the Mustangs program, given that uh, Western Hills didn't uh, play in the playoffs in 2020?
4: It's exciting. You know, it's exciting, but it's also, from my view, you have to understand that um, we didn't play our best all year. And it's look where we are now versus where we could have been. And as much as we try to talk about the, the, the moment we're in and moving forward, Think we're all human and we get call up in those, ah, you know, one more play here, one better call there, maybe we prepare a different there. So, um, you know, I am definitely excited that we're moving in the right direction, um, which would have did some things different. But I'm really more excited about these seniors, that they got the opportunity to be the ones to
0: turn this thing around. Well, who's really played well for you, coach, on both sides of the ball?
4: So Omar Beckley, uh, senior quarterback, has been outstanding the entire year. Uh, Darrell Davis has played extremely well on both sides of the ball. Um, Isaiah Camp has ran the ball extremely well. Um, unfortunately, we lost probably one of our best dynamic, uh, both sides of the ball players in Rosson Hutchinson's, uh, Taft week. So we lost a little bit of firepower there. But up until that point, he had been playing extremely well. Uh, I think he led us in touchdowns up until that point. So, um, the O line is coming along, being led by Taton Maxberry. And, you know, so up it's a collective effort, you know, with the exception of Omar, we're a collective group. Uh senior Anthony Sutherland is playing lights out, playing DBN and receiver. And, you know, we take a lot of reps. So, you know, for us, they're doing it on both sides of the ball, which, you know, is going to be tough for us moving forward. But you got to give these guys, you know, hats off to them for being in the shape they're in and competing the way that
0: they are. Well, obviously, Milford is known for its high-powered offense led by head coach Tom Grippa. What have you seen on film from the Eagles?
4: Well, you know, I I played against Coach Grippa, but I'm aging myself. When I was at West High, he was an elder. I think my senior year was his last year. So, um, yeah, they're they're high-powered. Everybody touches the ball on offense, which is a problem. It's not like you can focus on one person. Um, They move the ball around extremely well. They're very balanced in what they do, and they're going to take what they give you. They're not going to force anything from what I've noticed so far. And, um, you know, so we have to be extremely sound in what we're doing and be prepared for everything. Um, Defensively, they fly around and get to the ball. I mean, Coach Gripper's been at this a long time, so they're going to be a very well-coached ball club. And, you know, they're going to, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a big task for us, a big task.
0: Coach, what have you told the players about playing on the road in the playoffs, especially in an environment that's going to favor the Eagles?
4: For some reason, we're extremely well on the road. I think we're one in one in four on the road or something like that this year. And we find a way on the road. So on the road for us isn't the big deal. It's who we're seeing on the road sure. this time. So uh, we will talk about the atmosphere, having some composure and not getting caught up in the moment. Uh, some things that we do do already, not sure that we need it at this point, but we play music at practice and try to get – it's more so for the offense. We try to use hand signals and communicate on defense. We have certain days of the week we make the coaches get off the field, so everything's signaled in and things like that. And um, I don't want to say that it was in in preparation for these moments. I think it's just the way that I had been used to coaching. In some of the environments that I have been in, and that's just how we did it. And that's just how we continue to do it then. And also, it gives you an opportunity to see what the kids know when you're not on the field. So, uh, you know, we try to put them in some adverse situations to prepare them for certain moments. But again, we're human and they haven't seen anything like this yet. So it's going to be a, a big uh, shock and eye opener for them. And hopefully, you know, the, the moment's not too big for them.
0: Coach, you mentioned the seniors and Darrell and and Omar. And uh, what have you seen in the eyes of your players about this opportunity to be in the postseason?
4: Um, They don't say much because they know we have a in the moment rule. But when we came in after the game against Aiken, Omar couldn't stop smiling. So I knew he wanted to say something, but I knew he knew that our rule is live in this moment 24 hours. So I'm sure today. I'm going to hear it from Omar and all those guys, especially that group of seniors. I'm going to hear it from them today. So as of now, nothing. They haven't said anything to me at least. What they're saying, I know that they have a, a outside group chat that I'm not a part of. So who knows what they're talking about in there? But as far as the group chat I'm in, mean, is it's strictly business and um they didn't start speaking about the playoffs until yesterday.
0: Well, coach, obviously you've experienced ups and downs this entire season, but what's been the most rewarding part of coaching the Mustangs in 2022?
4: <laughs> Being at home, being back at Westside is the most important part for me. Um, you know, my my, t- my players would tease me every now and again because even when we were having that stretch of those three games we were losing and not playing well, we still had fun. And I rode them pretty hard, but they, we still had fun and we were our same relaxed, loose selves or whatever around the program. And they would say, bet you were back at Molar right now. And I would tell them I left Molar on my own, you know, because Molar's number one. I said, I left Molar on my own. Me and Coach Elder speak weekly. So, you know, I, I, there's no bad blood. Here. I'm where I want to be. So, um, just being back at West high, you know, I can't even say installing the tradition back in them because they've accomplished something I never accomplished this year. So, and you know, something I've learned, you don't know everything. And now I, I didn't want to be that guy that thought he knew everything and tried to coach every position. And you realize that, you know, you have to lean on your coaches sometimes, a lot of times. And, um, I, I I'd hope I'm not a dictator uh, and that, you know, everybody has a say in what we do and how we go about things. And, you know, I try to be open about that. And I have a, a couple of older guys on my staff and not necessarily older, but more seasoned than me as far as their high school experiences. And one being my old coach, who was my coordinator at West High. And, you know, every now and again, he'll pull me to the side and say something. And even if I buck at the moment, I definitely tuck it in my back pocket to go home and reset and, and, and rethink what he's talking about and, and understand that, you know, um, I don't have all the answers. So, you know, if the biggest thing for me is knowing that being fair, everybody will be treated uh, fairly, but everybody won't be equal. If that makes sense. And, and that's kind of where we are with some things, like I guess, with everything in the program, that's the biggest thing for me. And I'll say this, Mr. Ms., uh, Ms. Mike Dyer is that, um, you can't put your emotions on everybody else. If I can say anything else, I think that would be the biggest thing for me, that not everybody's going to approach the game the same as I did. Uh, the game is different. The, the, the way that you go about coaching is different. The, the game is evolving, and that's a good thing. But you can't put the way that you prepared, the way that you did things as a player and other experiences you have on everybody. Let everybody let them Let everybody be individuals. And hopefully collectively together, you can come together and, and make something special. I think that's the biggest um, adjustment for me.
0: Well, Western Hills is the number 10 seed, and they're going to be uh, playing at Milford this Friday night, and uh, certainly a, a big moment for both of those programs, but especially uh, for Coach Boyd. He's a 1997 Western Hills graduate, uh, former Molar assistant coach. Uh, I remember talking to him back at our uh, preseason podcast there at uh, the Chick-fil-A on Glenway Avenue in Western Hills, and he just uh, talked about how this meant so much to him to return to a place that he played football and uh, has so many great memories, and he's really turning things around, obviously, for the Mustangs right now. But before I go any further in this episode, I want to remind you this High School Insider podcast is presented by our local Chick-fil-A restaurants where the winning play is always chicken. Make sure you download the app today for easy ordering. Well, let me switch gears now to Division 3 Region 12. Undefeated Baden has a 10 and 0 regular season record for the first time since 1980. The Rams, the 2021 Division 3 state runner-up, uh, play host to uh, Woodward on Friday night at Hamilton. This is a 1-16 matchup. I had a chance to catch up with Baden coach Nick Yordi, and he talked about how significant this Rams undefeated regular season was.
5: Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's significant. You know, I think every team in the state, you know, sets goals and it's always, you know, to, you know, try to win your league and try to go undefeated those type of things and get to the postseason. And, um, we've done that. We really didn't focus on it a whole lot. We didn't talk about, you know, how long it's been a whole lot or anything like that. It was just same kind of motto we've done the past couple of years. Let's just, just take this thing one week at a time here and let's keep it rolling. And, and once you kind of get going a little bit more pressure, especially when you get in the league play, but, um, kids stepped up and and played really well.
0: Well, obviously, a 10-0 record speaks for itself, Coach, but uh, I know your goals are much higher. I mean, was there a turning point for the Rams this season? Can you talk about that?
5: Um, No, I think just uh, our offseason in general. You know, we we had a great year last year, and we lost a lot of seniors. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people – you know, thought we were going to be in this position uh, that we're in right now after the regular season. So I, I'm just proud of our kids for, for staying focused, staying locked in and, and kind of sticking with our plan here and, and, and you know, continuing to win. And that, that's our goal and just keep it going, man.
0: Well, coach, obviously over 500 yards of total offense there in that uh, regular season finale against McNicholas. You had players like Carter Russo, Braden Moore, your junior quarterback, Alex Ritzy, really stand out. Uh, how consistent have those guys been for you?
5: Yeah, they're, they're just, they're playing real well. And I've been fortunate enough. I I, I have great coaches here um, uh, every week, you know, offensively, defensively, special teams wise has uh, been doing really well. So uh, I'm fortunate in that and, and fortunate enough to have some really good football players on on this team, you know, so yeah. Um, you know, um, they're going out, you know, we, we don't, we don't put a whole lot of pressure on them. We just tell them kind of go out and, and do what you do. And um, you know, there's guys across the board. Our, our offensive line has stepped up. Uh, we've had some injuries. We've had some guys going both ways, those type of things throughout the whole season. Um, and, and then when you have guys like Braden and Alex and, and Carter that are playing at a high level and then. it, Kind of open some things up for for a guy like Awesome Buck on the outside. Quinn Brennan's been involved a lot, uh Carson Cheek. I mean, these guys are on offense um that, that have really just stepped up and we needed them to this year and and they've done that.
0: What did you tell the guys about getting ready for the postseason? What's been your message to them?
5: Uh just stay locked in. Stay locked in, stay focused. Let's stick to our plan. We're not we're not changing anything. It's the playoffs. We kind of divide our season up. You know, we have the first half of our, our non non- conference games and for us that's five so it's the first five weeks and then the second five weeks are our conference play and we kind of divide that in half and and now it's a whole new season you know there's a lot more pressure uh week after week now we just got to be be relaxed be focused and and go out there and, and get this job done one week at a time
0: what do you know about woodward for this friday night
5: um Athletic, very athletic. They got some size there. A uh, little bit of familiarity with some of the coaches. There. There's one assistant coach that used to be at Fenwick. I um, think Coach Flug over there as well. And just you know, they're they're doing well. They're having a, they're having a nice season. You know, they're five and five right now. And um, like to throw the ball quite a bit. And then if we're not prepared for for that challenge, week one of the playoffs, and and everybody wanting to beat you, then you know we could be in trouble.
0: Coach, how proud are you of that fifth consecutive GCL co-ed title?
5: Yeah. You know, I, I again, credit to the kids, you know, credit to our strength coach uh, coach cheek does a good job getting these guys ready. Um, and, and like I said, I, I get the kids on the bus on time. That's about all I do. You know, they, the, the, kids are going out there, they're making plays. Uh, they're playing at a high level right now. Our coaches are getting them ready to go. Um, and, you know, I, I'm just, I'm pleased where the program is from when we started to, to where we are now. And, and, We've changed the the expectation around right here a little bit, and the kids understand that, and um, they really bought into it, and and that's what we do, um, and and that's that's kind of our goals, that's our expectation week after week.
0: Well, Baden is 41-6 and since the start of the 2019 season. That includes a 28-game regular season win streak. So uh, the Rams obviously capturing the fifth consecutive GCL co-ed championship this year. And uh, a lot of great things happening for the Rams program. You could just tell. I, I was out there this summer, uh, had the chip on their shoulders. They really, you know, had a, a kind of a bitter taste in their mouth after that loss to Chardon in the state final a year ago. But uh, uh, this is a team that is certainly... Um, focused and, and I think they're going to make a deep run here in the playoffs. But uh, let's move over to Division 5 region 20. I had a chance to catch up with Summit Country Day coach David Worth. The Silver Knights play host at number nine Blanchester this Friday night and uh, uh, Summit uh, clinched that home playoff game with a 43- 27 win over Purcell Marion in the regular season finale. and uh, Coach Worth talked about that momentum uh, in, in that win over Purcell and how much it means to host a first round game.
3: Well, you know, you always want to finish the regular season with as much momentum as you can, especially in our case. You know, we had dropped the last two uh, in the conference. You know, uh, had a tough one at CHCA and then did not play well at all against Roger Bacon last week. So, you know, knowing that we had in all likelihood the opportunity to make the playoffs, you know, uh, regardless of the seeding, you want to, you know, generate some momentum going into that postseason. So uh, I feel fortunate and lucky that we were able to do that and get a good win over a good team. I mean, I think Purcell's going to be the eleven seed. And it's uh, certainly not going to be an easy win for whoever they're playing. I think they might be playing Brookville again like they did a few years ago. So, uh, yeah, they're a real good team. And uh, we feel lucky to come out of that game with a win and, and healthy.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about uh, your team this year. And uh, obviously, I think a lot of things uh, center around, at least offensively, around your senior quarterback, Alex Davis. Uh, tell us a little bit about him and yeah, works so well.
3: Certainly with what we do offensively, Alex is, is the key cog in the wheel. Um, he's got a lot of. Got a lot to handle each game in terms of um, what he has to know and the kind of checks that he has to make and what he's looking for. Um, you know, and this being his second year in the system, certainly, uh, you know, an advantage for us that, that, that he's back there. Um, he's incredibly tough uh, physically and mentally. Um, he's a, he's a, he's, he's a very, very good athlete, uh, and, and can throw pretty well. So he's a really, really good combination for us in terms of what we're trying to do. He's a, he's certainly a dual threat kind of kid. Um, so teams got to be smart and they got to be cautious with, with, with how they rush him and how they pressure him because he can take off at any second on real long runs. Um, and yet you can also get into some, some situations where, you know, you're in short yardage, and you can use him as a second back. Um, and, and that makes it really challenging for defenses. So, yeah, he's uh, he's been a great player for us all year. He's ended up at a little over 2,400 yards passing um, and about 400 yards rushing, uh, 30 total touchdowns. So certainly been extremely productive. It was great last night uh, against Purcell. On the perimeter, uh, we have two receivers that have been really phenomenal this year. Each one, they might end up one and two in the NBC. Uh, One of those being Jake Carrico, who's going to end up with about 54 receptions and 850, 860 yards. Uh, And the other one, Braden Austin, who's another senior as well, uh, uh, who was a, a track state champ. Uh, In the spring, um, he's really had a great senior year. He's going to end up just over 800 yards. Um, I think each of them are probably around that 10 touchdown mark. So, um, and we got some other guys out there too that that have a bunch of yards and a bunch of catches, a bunch of touchdowns. Alex does a good job distributing the ball. And we got two tough backs, you know. So, if if teams just want to line up on the perimeter against us, that will make it hard for them on the inside and vice versa if they want to jam the box, you know. like everybody, you go in the game, you try and have answers for all those scenarios. And,
0: you know, kids got to go out there and play it, right? Definitely. Uh, how, how about defensively? I mean, obviously, looking at uh, your junior safety, Donovan Matthews, five interceptions on the season. Yeah, Donovan uh,
3: Yeah, Donovan certainly leads the charge in the secondary. Uh, he, he had another big one last night. Actually had a, a touchdown and a two-point conversion on offense as well. So contributing on both sides. Uh, we lost Donovan early in his sophomore year last year against Reading in that 21 season, um, had a had a bad ankle injury and was out all year and had a long, long, lengthy rehab process. So it was exciting to get him back. We knew he was going to be a heck of a player for us. He's a very good safety against the pass and, and even better against the run. Um, you know, we have a couple good ones. out. Jay Carrico doubles, does double duty and is, is one of the best strong safeties I've ever coached. Um, he is, in any game we play, you know, we're – you know, sometimes you look at it. You know, the roster lineups and, and how you match up, and you think, okay, well, you know, they got this kid, and they got that kid. He he's always our apple versus apple matchup. He can he can tackle anybody in space, uh, so he does a great job in the secondary as well. We got two good corners, one of those being a a long lean young kid named Caleb Walters, uh, who had a huge interception last night and a couple big catches as an off uh, as as a receiver. Um, Linebacker, we got a bunch of guys playing. Senior Eric Deal has done a really, really good job for us as an outside linebacker, helping us set good edges and being a physical guy and defending the pass. So has Lorenzo Rose, who had a big interception last night to seal the game at the end. And then we got a bunch of small, really quick athletic guys on D line, uh, probably led by our junior Graham Hodge, um, who's the one who certainly looks the part the most. Uh, but you know, they're just a bunch of really, really scrappy kids that are, you know, probably don't pass the eyeball test real well when you look line up and look at our defense. Um, but most of the time, have ended up doing a pretty
0: good job for us. What's it like coaching this team? Just the vibe day to day. I mean, how enjoyable has it been?
3: They're a fun team. You know, we're we're, we're low in numbers. You know, we're uh, you know, so it's a unique school, a unique community. So we, we don't have 50 kids playing football. You know, we got. 25 to 30 kids playing football, and, and the kids that are out playing really want to play, and they give great effort. Um, you know, the personality changes from year to year. Obviously, as you, you know, as your senior classes take over, um, and 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 Alex certainly and Jake uh, lead the charge with, with, with the personality in this senior class. But they've been a lot of fun. They do everything you ask. You know, they might be physically imperfect, and you like to have a few more guys to be a little bigger here or there. But they are they are a athletic, uh, tough minded, tough nosed team. And what do you
0: uh, know about this Blanchester team? From what you've <laughs> seen on film, or I assume you've yeah. already scouted them?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're big and physical for sure. Um, they got uh, they they're really really big and physical. So you know, I'm sure that they're going to want to get downhill, run on us, and uh, try and use their size. Uh, to their advantage and, and line up foot to foot uh, and four yards in a cloud of dust. But they usually are getting eight to ten. They have a uh, – Coach's son is, is a really, really good player, quarterback for him. They have one of the best running backs uh, in the, uh, the SBAAC of the last couple of years as well. So, they, they have uh, – they certainly have two to three guys in the backfield so that can give you fits. Like I said, a, a big offensive line. So, you know, for us to, to, to buckle down and, and hang in up front is going to be huge. Um, and, and try and put them in situations where you know they got to throw the ball, and that would certainly be more towards our advantage. You know, that being said, we, we got to score early on often On offense, uh, we, we can't waste a lot of possessions because they are certainly uh, dangerous and, and, and potent offense themselves. So it's, uh, you know, I like to think there's, there's tough matchups on both ends of it. You know, it's an eight nine seed. Right, it's one of those matchups. Just like you talk about the NCAA tournament and other scenarios. I mean, it's uh, it should be a heck of a ball game, and we're excited to be hosting it, and uh, you know, just excited to be back in the playoffs and have one more game to play.
0: Yeah, you're telling me off camera a little bit uh, about you know hosting a a first round game. Uh, How significant is that? Because I realize you know going back to 2020 that that was a season that that occurred. But um, yeah, other than that, you know, this is this is a a significant thing for the, the school. Yeah,
3: for sure. I mean, you know, when we you know, before the game, when we figured out exactly that, you know, this could pan out this way, we were really playing for either an eight seed in a home game or an 11 seed in a in a travel game, uh, it certainly up the ante at the coin toss. And um, kids were really excited. I think, you know, they felt like, you know, this is a real, you know, viable opportunity. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not just a, a wish and a hope and a prayer. Um, so, you know, when we figured out, as we got that win, how this thing was going to settle out, uh, I think everybody was pretty excited about it. You know, all the way from, you know, our administration all the way down to, you know, the guys that are going to be helping us with the chain crew. You know, they've been doing it for so many years here. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Should be a great atmosphere, and uh, you know, got a, obviously a very good team coming in. So we got a lot of work to do between now and Friday, but uh, certainly going to be a lot of fun. We're, we're, we're looking forward to it.
0: Well, certainly any time in the first round of the playoffs, you're looking for those eight nine matchups, and uh, that is going to be a game to watch. Summit and Blanchester, as I mentioned, our WCPo nine. Uh, um, game of the week is going to be Fairfield and St. Xavier. Ross and Northwest. How about that game in Division 2, Region 8? That's another 8-9 matchup to watch as well. Uh, a few other games I'm keeping my eye on as we uh, prepare for Friday. How about Coleraine and Mason? Uh, Mason defeated Coleraine for the first time in program history during this regular season, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, those two G- uh, GMC teams match up there uh, in Mason. As I mentioned, Western Hills and Milford. How about LaSalle getting in the playoffs uh, basically off that uh, one point win uh, from Dunbar over Dayton Belmont on Saturday night. They gave them enough points to get to that number 16 seed. Uh, they're going to face uh, Winton Woods there at Charlie Frederick Stadium. This is the third consecutive season these teams have met in the playoffs, so that will certainly be one to watch as well. And uh, let's go over to Madeira here in Division 5. Gamble Montessori coming off its first conference championship in uh, the football program's history. They're looking for their first playoff win now, and they travel over to uh, meet the Mustangs there in Madeira. So we'll have a ton of coverage for you this weekend. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Mike Dyer. Be sure to check us out on WCPO.com and also WCPO 9 Sports. Thanks again for listening and watching. I'll talk to you next week.